everyone. Welcome to the African Bohemian Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us for this special week's episode. Um, on this week's episode, we speak to Sarah DeSantis, a movement artist, a choreographer, and a teacher. Sarah started dancing at the tender age of nine and has since been moving to the rhythm ever since. Since 2011, she has been choreographing and has appeared in a number of renowned productions, inclu- including the London Olympics opening ceremony. She is international in every sense of the word and has worked with dancers from across the world, stretching from Brazil, Cuba, and New York. Sarah is currently the artistic director of Curve Creative Dance Company, a contemporary dance company. Uh, we hope you enjoy our conversation. Uh, could you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a little bit about what you do? Yeah, sure. Um, hi, I'm Sarah Dos Santos. I'm an independent artist, choreographer, artistic director and associate lecturer. Um, uh, yeah, that kind of covers me. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up in the dance industry. Yeah, so um, I started dancing when I was nine years old. I went to kind of a stage school um, and I did that alongside music as well. So I um, was learning to play the violin from quite a young age. Um, And then following on from that, I just became really interested in dance. um, And I ended up auditioning for a number of different dance colleges in London. yeah and then I got into I got into to birds ended up going to kind of a vocational school for three years uh doing professional training um and then following on from that I always kind of thought I would um perform and then end up maybe retraining and doing something else but that led on to um doing a little bit of traveling and studying in different places um and then I really became involved within choreography so it kind of almost happened by chance that I um, ended up choreographing um, and really using my art to express different mediums. Um, But yeah, that's kind of a very short overview of my journey so far. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Um, I've spoken to a couple of creatives in the past week. And I think one thing that I tend to always get is the fact that there is a deep passion and love for, for, the arts and the craft you know I feel like it's something that definitely something you can't do if you don't have a love for it so to speak yeah Um, and speaking to to different creatives including you yourself I can definitely see that kind of that passion and that drive for it because you guys are just relentless you you work so hard Um, it's something that's it's it's a a field of work that requires a lot of work requires a lot of fitness it requires um, just a lot of dedication you know Mm -hmm. and it's I think it's something that sometimes people tend to underestimate, but they underestimate how much work just goes into being uh, being um, a creative, um, which is, yeah, which is amazing. So kudos to you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, what does a typical working day look like for you? Oh, gosh. Um, it varies. It varies every day. I wear different, I wear many hats during the week. So I go from my teacher hat to my producer hat to my director hat to my choreographer hat to my administrator writing funding applications hat. So it can really change week to week and sometimes hour by hour. Um, what I'm what I'm really trying to do, especially in the last few years, I've been really trying to get up super early. So I'll get up at six and 
uh, just have some time to or to meditate and um, and really pray and exercise before starting my day. So that the beginning part of my day is usually quite predictable as much as possible. And then following on from that, it changes depending on what I have planned from that day. That could be anything from meetings to teaching to going into the studio and rehearsing to working with collaborators and editing uh, either videos or music or creating music. So it can really change day to day, which is super exciting. Um, Yeah, it keeps me on my toes for sure. So yeah, day to day can be very unpredictable week to week. Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess if you were to compare it to a regular nine to five, right? Yeah. What What would you pick out of a nine to five versus um, basically what aspects do you like for just a really random question, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like nine to five per se. Uh, what do you like about a nine to five versus what do you like about the fact that you are, you have your your own boss and you're independent and you can predict and you can determine your own work hours? Yeah. So I've never had a nine to five job, so I have no idea. Okay what that could be like but from what I hear and from friends what I think I would really like about a nine-to-five is the lunch break okay yeah (laughs) that's true yeah um yeah like sometimes and I love what I do but sometimes I can literally work straight out flat out for 12 hours easily 12 to 16 hours per day and then eat lunch on the train on the go and then end up going to rehearsal and I've traveled across London again to attend a production meeting so I think having a nice chilled out hour lunch break would be awesome um, every now and then. Uh, but then also I think uh, reg- having regular income would probably be something that I would enjoy every now and then. I think in this, in this industry, it can be so unpredictable and um, having knowing exactly how much I was going to get in at the end of each month sometimes would be a dream. Um, so I think those would be the two things that come off the top of my head that I would really uh, enjoy having in a nine to five. Um, but then equally, I actually, I love the fact that I can literally have one day be crazy and the next day I'm chilling um, as a part of my work and I get to meet such incredible people and it really puts me in positions that I don't think I would ever dream that I could have ever been in. So um, I also equally really love what I do. So. Hmm. Um, it's so interesting that you'd say that because many people who want to own their own business or be an entrepreneur um, always seem to sort of forget or not really forget but say they don't take into consideration the amount of work that goes into having your own business yeah. um, a lot of people just think it's um it's oh gosh it's I'm my own boss and that's the most important thing but what I found and what I from speaking to different people and from just I'm um, reading and also to kind of go on my own kind of path as well I've mm. seen that you actually work harder you work so much harder than somebody who, do, who does a regular nine-to-five yeah for sure um, yeah because at nine to five with a nine to five right you get in that you clock in and you clock out so you get in the office at the start of the day and you work for whatever or eight odd hours and then you're done yeah, yeah, if, you're, yeah. If, if you're lucky enough you don't have to take any work home but if you're not then you have you know you um you know if like i guess if you're lucky enough you don't have to take any work home and then that's the end of it yeah but, but for when you own your own business right there's never that that never happens you're yeah. always going to work 
extra hours. You're going to work overtime. No one, no one is paying you for overtime. You're right. always, because you're building your, that dream, you're building that passion, that project, and you are the only one who's accountable to it. And you know, you have to answer to nobody but yourself. And mm. to make it a success, you have to work those, you have to really work ridiculous hours. And mm. yeah, it's, um, it's one of those, it's a very delicate balancing act. And um, yeah, and I don't necessarily, for me, I don't necessarily see it as working over time. It's yeah. something that I'm really passionate about. And sometimes I don't even realize that it's, you know, midnight and I've been working since, I don't know, <laughs> nine in the morning. Um, yeah. When it happens that I'm like, oh, I'm really hungry. Oh, I'm really tired. Oh, that's the time. So um, yeah, it's something when, I'm, when you're really engaged and when you're really involved, it's almost a pleasure to, to, um, yeah, to continue working and continue, you know, building your brand or your business. Um, but then also comes in the discipline because we're not machines, you know, we do need rest, we do need to eat, we do need to switch off every now and then. So it, it's really about finding the discipline to stop and to walk away or to, you know, plan those times of rest or that time to, to read um, or that time to do something outside of your business, um, which I, I think is really important. I've really learned that in the last few years as well. Um, yeah Mm, yeah that's true uh Mm. tell us a little bit about some of your career highlights to date and what the best thing about your job is yeah okay so there are so many um (laughs) career highlights and i love everything about my job well not everything but most things um but i think I'll, i'll say with kind of the most recent that I've been up to. I'm currently artistic director of Curve Creative Dance Company and it's a dance company really ran by artists for artists in association with Bucks University Um, and that's been a real highlight actually um, just having the opportunity to work with real aspiring artists to be so they are um, in their third year of university and they're going to go out into the dance industry Um, and it's been a real pleasure to really work with them one-on-one almost um, and really teach them the tricks of the trade and they've taught me also so many exciting things um so that's been a real highlight and then we we have been you've been working towards performances so we had performances a few weeks ago at move it uh, which was awesome and then we have a few other performances coming up in um may and june so yeah it's been really exciting working with them um and i guess watching them grow has been yeah just a just mind-blowing um so I guess that would be one high one most recent highlight um another highlight would probably be um I was as a dancer I was in the Olympic opening ceremony and that was just surreal oh, wow I didn't know that <laughs> yeah yeah so um so that's the London Olympics right yeah London Olympics mm-hmm. opening ceremony um and that experience was just again irreplaceable I think there's nothing more than being with thousands of other professional dancers. Um, yeah. Representing, representing the country that you're living in and doing what you love doing for a couple of months and then performing in front of the world essentially. So um, yeah, that was insane. Um, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. There, there were so many. Yeah. yeah so many, some of the, just some of the ones that kind of stick out in your mind. Yeah. The ones that yeah. kind of popped up straight popped away. Up, yeah. yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you as well, obviously as a movement artist and a team, mm. right. You've worked with different kinds, types of people. So you've worked with people who are predominantly dancers and people who don't know much about dance. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, so in your opinion, who, who, 
well, what category of people would you say are kind of easier to work with in terms of maybe teaching and just mm-hmm. grasping um, the idea behind it? Would you, would you say that people who have a background in dance or people who don't have a background, like non, non-professional dancers or non-dancers, so to speak? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think it's an attitude thing more so than experience or background. I think working with people that really have a desire to learn and are really open to take risks and are really open to um, being challenged outside of their comfort zone um, are people that I I sometimes find easier to work with. So then you're not kind of fighting against... um, the challenges that already people are putting in front of themselves. Um, so yeah, I think it's about an attitude more so than um, a background or an experience. I think of course, you know, I've taught from, I've taught baby ballet to working with professional artists, to working with international artists from Brazil to Cuba to New York. So, and what I found, what I have found kind of is the the through line would be, the artists that really want to learn and really want to, and aren't afraid to fall over and aren't afraid to be challenged outside of their comfort zone, whether that's an amateur to a professional. Um, so I, yeah, maybe that they're the artists that are easier to, to connect with. Hmm. That's, um, inter- that's interesting. I've, I've always wondered, I always, always think to myself, I wonder if dance is something that can be, is it something that you're either born with or you can learn um, along the way? Because for me, for instance, I can't dance mm. in my life. And I always wonder if it's something that I can be taught or if it's something that it's all of those. It's just too late. Forget about you. I'm a lost case, you know? <laughs> uh, I think I'm, I'm a true believer that everyone can dance. I think everyone can move, you know, whether you're on time or not, that's a whole other story. Yeah. Or whether you have coordination or not, that's a whole other thing, right? But yeah. um, I think everyone can move and everyone has the right to move. I think movement is really, really essential to our day-to-day life. Um, not only for like health benefits, but also for creativity and release and freedom of expression. So I'm a true believer that everyone can, can dance um, and it's never too late to, to try and I think there's also an element of being realistic, you know, this industry isn't easy and it does take up a lot of time and effort and energy. So whether you want to dance uh, socially and just for fun or whether you want to do it um, professionally, it's about the commitment and the mindset um, and then just going for it, you know. Um, Mm. Thank you for that little nugget or piece of information i'll i'll definitely live by that i think i'll i'll, I'll give it another go and see yeah do you <laughs> definitely should um <laughs> as someone of african descent yes. tell us a little bit about your african heritage oh yikes um yeah sure i um originally born in portugal so i'm portuguese um and my i guess my background my parents and my grandparents and my great great parents grandparents come from West Africa from a little a little island called Santome y Príncipe which is tiny and a lot of people don't know it exists so please research it it's amazing um <laughs> all Portugal, yeah. like Portuguese speaking islands are fantastic yeah yeah food the culture I mean living in having lived in Angola myself I am so well versed with that but anyway that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah thank you for being yeah representing um, <laughs> 
yeah so that's kind of my background and then um we do have family in angola as well and we have family in and we have family in portugal and uh we have family here in the uk and in fact all across the world really um so yeah that's a little bit about my background and yeah okay amazing um (laughs) who or what would you say are your strongest influences oh goodness um okay this is a really big question (laughs) uh i think there i'm really i'm really an advocate for kind of the both visible and invisible heroes um people that you know, are the quiet, are quietly getting on with life and making a huge impact. Um, I recently came across a guy called Thomas Clarkson, um, which I knew nothing about actually, um, but he was the real driving force behind William Wilberforce. Um, And that kind of blew my mind because everyone knows of William Wilberforce, you know, the abolition of the state trade, and he had a really big part played a really big part in that but no one really knows of Thomas Clarkson that really paved the way and the foundation and the opportunity for that so um yeah the unspoken heroes I think or the invisible heroes I think are really important and really play a huge role in my life I guess um also there's um Ida Wells I don't know if you've heard of her um she's a journalist um that really spoke about uh uh, or really investigated, played a really big part in investigating lynching um, in the south of America, um, of North America even. So, yeah, she, you know, just her doing her thing and, you know, using her gift to, 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 tell, to tell stories and to uh, more widely um, spread the news for me is, is huge because, um, again, someone else just doing her thing um, to, to change, I guess, the mindset or a world mindset um and then anything from the obamas as well i mean they're incredible and they've brought about such hope um by being in such a forefront of um yeah politics um so i guess they would be kind of my strongest influences there are so again there are so many um and also my faith has a really huge part to play with that um so yeah being a christian and and yeah, I think Jesus is a real um, influence in my life um, and really is the foundation of everything I do and how I look at um, the sector and how I look at day-to-day living and how I influence others um, also. So, yeah. Um, it's so interesting that you mentioned um, people or individuals who played a huge role in the in ab- the abolition of slavery because mm. re- recently myself i started watching a show called um the underground or mm. underground on netflix i'm not sure if you've, if you've come across it mm. but it's um it's really really interesting because it just details basically what the what m- uh, many african-americans sort of went through during the slave era and how they built like underground networks that would enable mm. them to like escape and this is something that it's so funny because i didn't i didn't actually realize this. i didn't know this i mean i was never kind of really taught this at uh, at school yeah um so i didn't actually know of this stuff and i feel like i'm going through a, a renaissance period or sort of like a reawakening of my just my consciousness, so to speak. And I'm just finding out a lot of stuff that I feel like I, I didn't. And I feel, in a way, I feel conflicted because I feel bad 
I feel very bad that I didn't know this stuff. And I feel like, you know, I owe it to myself to have done sort of gone out of my comfort zone to research these things. But sometimes it's weird because if it doesn't, if it doesn't like sort of staring you in your face, so to speak, you, you actually, some, you, some, you don't really see the need, so to speak, mm. to go out and search for that information. But um, off the back of that, I found myself reading a lot about, you know, slavery and, you know, the people that did, that made that, you know, con- contributed and just in their own little ways sort of helped, you know, to abolish the, the slave act. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's just a question that you mentioned that as well. Yeah. There's real power. I'm finding the more I research it um, there's real power in the individual and how small groups of people, when they really come together can make such a difference and such an impact. Um, and it's usually the minority, right? It's usually the, or what is classed as the minority within mainstream um, and how the minority come together and have a huge impact long-term. And often they're not spoken about. They're often people that um, kind of, again, go undercover or little has been written about them or, you know, we're only just really starting to discover. So, yeah, I totally agree with you. There is something really powerful in, in terms of researching and really digging deep and finding finding those unspoken heroes, you know? Um, yeah, because they really pave a way for kind of those that are are in mainstream right now and are also making a huge impact and speaking out, um, which is just as important, you know, both ends of the scale are, are really crucial and essential, especially in, in, the, in the day-to-day that we're living in now, you know? Um, so, yeah. That's, that's very, very true. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to our next question. Um, mm. how, how, in your opinion, has the industry changed, meaning the dance industry, over the last few years? And what do you think has stayed the same? Yeah. Um, I think social media or uh, just access to the internet has really played a crucial, crucial role in the industry developing and us having more access to all kinds of dance styles and um, people across the globe. I think that's really changed in the last 10 to 15 years Um, from kind of, you know, I remember when I was first starting out or when I was younger, I would literally watch music videos on TV and that would be the only access. I remember. I actually remember. It was MTV. There were a couple of MTV channels and um, what what was this? This can't remember enough of the life of me. Anyway, I remember at some point. But. Yeah, I can't remember either. There was another one that I used to watch. Yeah, at home a lot. It was like BBC. I don't know. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, like that's the only access I had to, you know, different artists. Where now, like, I can literally type in a word and get, you know, different opinions or be exposed to so many different things from across the globe, which is insane. And it's such a privilege. You know, we're living in such a privileged time in a way. Um, so I think that's really changed with, for, for, the, for the better um, within the industry. I think, I can't really think of what has stayed the same. Um, I guess here in the UK, um, there is still very much that, um, and it is slowly changing, but that idea that you, we don't really, there's real segregation, I think, in some ways with, between styles. Um, and I think that, it's slowly breaking there there are beginning to be more and more collaboration and artists are really working across art forms which is amazing um but yeah that's been quite a slow moving um process in my opinion anyway in the last few years um so anything from you know mixing contemporary and hip-hop for example or um you know katak to 
um, contact improvisation, for example. But um, slowly, I think that is beginning to change and we are beginning to merge a little bit and um, explore each other's movement styles. Um, but yeah, I think that maybe those two things um, off the top of my head. Yeah, um, you touched on social media and sort mm. of like digital media. Would you say social media is more like positive or more negative in terms of how it helps you kind of reach your audience and the role it plays with regards to um, just educating people about dance and helping you reach your audience? Mm. Yeah, that's a big question. I think reaching audience, social media has played a real big role um, or has, has, yeah, has played yeah, a huge role in um, reaching my targeted audiences. Um, needless to say, it is a lot of work and you do need to be intentional about it. Um, so yeah, it has positively impacted my work for sure um, in many ways. I think playing devil advocate in a way, I think word of mouth is still the strongest um, the strongest way of getting the word out getting work out I think recommendations still stand quite strong and then secondary to that social media would come in so till this day I think I would research something that a friend has recommended or a family member has recommended um first off you know as opposed to something that I see randomly online but needless to say if I see something online for the first time and I research it and I'm interested in it and I'll go um so yeah, I think maybe maybe both they play a really essential role. Um, but it's a, definitely a great platform to showcase your work and it being being accessed by people all over the world, which again is an incredible resource. Yeah, definitely. Um, social media, I think, because for me, it's one of those things I have. Uh, lo- I wouldn't like yes, love hate relationship with it because on the one hand. I understand the role and the power it plays in helping you reach your audience. But on the other hand, I've seen lots of people kind of depend solely on social media to build their business and social media is the tool. It shouldn't be the business itself, you know? Mm. So I guess sometimes people kind of confuse that in a way. Um, So yeah. So um, yeah, it's just one of those things, but I guess the future will definitely tell us to how Mm. (laughs) we, we, um, yeah, we, we live and we develop with this, this wonderful thing called social media. (laughs) Mm. And it's developing as well, isn't it? So it is changing and um, growing. Um, So I think in a way we're also learning how to use it better um, and learning how to, you know, adapt our business in a way or vice versa um, to, support what we're really trying to do um so yeah we'll get there eventually we'll get there (laughs) (laughs) definitely um what advice would you give to your younger self about the working world knowing what you know now oh gosh uh what advice would I give to my younger self I think planning well is really essential um really giving yourself space to dream and then planning that out um yeah, I would say also saving money <laughs> is crucial. I think that's one of the biggest things that I look back and I'm like, oh man, I, why didn't I save that 10% or that 20%? <laughs> um, especially when, you know, you have those really dry seasons where projects aren't coming in or you've purposely decided to take some time out um, to, to dream or whatever, to take a break. Um, and, you know, having having that kind of pot of money saved up that you can really draw from is essential. Um 
I think getting a mentor is really important. I, for a long time, I didn't have a mentor. I didn't really have people that I could be honest with and, uh, and ask honest, vulnerable questions to. Um, and when that did eventually begin to happen, I realized how crucial a mentor plays in your artistic development. Um, so yeah, getting a mentor is really, should be the top of the list if you can. Um, understanding your why understanding why you do something or what has brought you to that place is important um because when you could become really busy and people are demanding your attention your time when your business is really tiring and your maybe doors are closing and you're not reaching the audiences that you want to or you're not you know getting the responses that you need um always going back to that why i'm doing it is really crucial and should always be recited and remembered every day so um it really it helps you keep going um and rest i would say being okay with resting and taking time off whether that's a day whether that's a week um and then planning that in as well i think is an advice that i would give to my younger self um i am very much a doer i love being busy i love um, yeah, do multiple things at the same time, but it has had its effect on me, um, over the years. And it's also, you know, yeah, for both positive and negative. So I think it's important to, to plan in that rest and really sticking to it and being okay with doing nothing. There's no judgment in that, you know, being okay with binge watching for couple of hours <laughs> or, binge watch, watching a couple of netflix yeah you know like that's okay you're... we've all done it we've all done it <laughs> yeah. you know without that guilt you know because often you can do that and then feel really guilty and then oh yeah way feeling guilty and it's like you know what it's okay like just rest and be cool with that um and then start back up the next day or whatever so yeah i think those those three or four things mm. um i would give to my you know tell my younger self yeah thanks thanks a lot for that that's um mm-hmm. you dropped some some important uh pieces of information right there mm-hmm. um what advice would you give to others especially black men or women that want to enter or navigate the dance industry yeah um same as yeah same as before you know the the few points that i just mentioned i think are really yeah. important um but then also i guess um it really, I think it really takes courage to go against the flow. Um, it really takes a particular kind of individual to do that. Um, and there's something about really knowing your identity and knowing who you are um, prior or as well as stepping out. Um, so during the process and then before the process as well. So really stepping out in, um, in faith and in confidence and, and knowing the truth um, because when you get out there, you know, it's not always so easy. And sometimes the rejection and the, the negativity and the, um, yeah, just, just the comments can be quite difficult. Or when you're being, in, you know, when you're placed in situations, when you are the minority um, and knowing who you are is really important within that. So you're not kind of swayed by opinions or comments and um, but then equally you you can you can you know comment without bias or um are able to um invest in something that you know you know doesn't contradict your morals or you know um you can stay true true to your integrity so i think yeah um taking the courage to go against the grain and knowing your identity would probably be the advice that i give um at this stage Awesome. Knowing your identity, that's important. Being Mm. being true to yourself, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, if you were not in this industry, what would you be doing? Um, I'll probably be in the industry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm really, I thought I'm living my dream right now. I think, yeah, I've had, I've had the great privilege to, to be able to do that. Um, so if I wasn't a choreographer, director, teacher, uh, artist, I'd probably be, yeah, still within the industry somehow. Um, and I, I really can't tell you what that would be because I have no idea. Um, I kind of, I dreamt it and it happened and just really thankful that that is the case. So. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen to that. Yeah. <laughs> that's what, that's what we all hope for. We all hope to live our dreams and to live it to the fullest possible mm. uh, means. Yeah. Um, as we wrap up, can you tell our listeners what philosophy or quote you live by? Again, there are so many, but I've got um, a quote on my wall um, that I purposely put in a position that I would read every day. And it's um, a quote by an unknown um, writer, artist, and it's proceed as if success in, is inevitable. Um, and I read that every day. And I think that's really important to proceed as if success is, is inevitable. Um, to go forward, to go forward, knowing that you have already won is really important. Um, and regardless of what obstacles come in your way day to day is you can still proceed because you've, you know, you're going in, um, you're going forward knowing that you are victorious. Um, yeah. It's something that gets me through a lot of the time. Sometimes I read that and I'm like, yes, come on, let's go. You got this. You can do this. Um, Amen. Yeah. Amen. For some people, it's a cup of coffee. For some people, it's a quote that, that just, pretty much helps spring them into action yeah yeah <laughs> uh, and lastly where can our listeners find you on social media yeah um so unfortunately i have different handles for different things um working on that we'll we'll sort that out um but i would say maybe check out my website um and then it will yeah link you to all my social media site so it's um www.saradosantos.co um and then you can find all information about me and social media and videos and yeah past and present um work opportunities etc amen um i'll be sure to include all your social media details on the episodes show note on our website um it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you sarah thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of the african bohemian yeah thank you for having me it's been awesome if you enjoyed this week's podcast session be sure to catch up with us again next week when we speak to another entrepreneurial trailblazer in the meantime remember to follow us on social media and subscribe to our blog to stay up to date with the entrepreneurial lifestyle. Until next time, never give up and keep believing.